Welcome to Wealth Made Simple with Shaz, where you'll learn how to master your money through business, property, and tax saving strategies. Your host has collectively helped his clients make tens of millions of pounds in additional profits through these strategic approaches to business. Introducing Shaz Nawaz, an award-winning chartered accountant, property tax expert, entrepreneur, and property investor. I'm here with Sajid Singh. Uh, he's a, a friend, a fellow property investor. He specializes in JV. He's got an exceptionally inspiring story. So we're going to go under the bonnet, ask him some really nice questions because I like him. Uh, I mean, he's from Birmingham. I'm not going to hold that against him. But then we're going to go deep under the bonnet and ask some uncomfortable questions and let's see how Saj answers them and let's see how much information we can get out of him because I think his whole concept is not to answer any question and my concept is to try and get more information out of him. What's at least the one thing that happened to you that you didn't expect in property and how did you deal with it? Because life one, got one, curveballs. Yeah. Let, well, let's do uh, let's do one massively positive thing that happened for me in property very early on when I got involved. So, so the background was in IT, and this is when we were rolling out networks, putting uh, you know um, Cisco routers in and Windows servers in. Uh, you know, at that time, and I'd spend days and nights learning this stuff so that I could go and charge somebody to go and do it for them. Mm -hmm. Right. So my knowledge is what I've been paid for. And that's what the value was. So in property, when I was coming to learn about property investing, I'd bump into somebody and they'd just be open about, oh, we do it like this, this is what you do, and this I'm thinking, why are you telling me all this? You know, I, I, I couldn't understand why people are so open and helpful when I'd used to, in my experience, come from a background where most of my uh, peers weren't open. You know, if I was stuck on how to get a server to work, there wasn't many people that I could ring that would answer the question for me. Yeah, I can come and have a look at it for you, be 100 quid an hour, or you know, whatever it might be, because everyone was around me was making money from their time. So that was a massive positive thing that came and I go, whoa, people are so open with their, with their knowledge uh, and how um, helpful uh, they are. I guess one thing that really uh, took me by surprise as well, and we touched on it earlier on, was maybe the amount of, uh, or the lack of self-belief people had. So for example, you know, I might uh, be, be on a, a training course where people are talking about um, you know, um, how to do rent to rent, for example. 50 people in a room, you all learn the same thing. If you put those same 50 people together a year later, why is it that most of them haven't done anything? They all learned exactly the same thing. And that is something that I just, I just couldn't, I just couldn't understand that, and I still struggle to comprehend that sometimes, why some people will just not utilize what is available to them that can completely change your life. And why do you think that is? I think it's fears. I think it's, uh, um, and maybe my experience has been, as I said, you know, when you're self-employed, no one's gonna feed you. You've gotta put food on the table. You've gotta go out, do what you need to do to make sure that you're, you know, you're earning. And when you, uh, and I'm thinking of some of my friends I was at college and university with, when they're working for somebody else and that check is gonna come regardless at the end of the month, and that pays the mortgage, that pays the food bills, that pays for the holidays, pays for the car insurance, pays for the kids' private school, there's a dependency then on that. There's now a massive fear of trying to step away from that. And the only way I can understand it is, well, I have no net to say, I'm gonna fall, I'm gonna 
you know, uh, hurt myself and they're too afraid to fall. And that's just maybe my way of understanding it. And I think it ultimately comes down to fear. Yeah, I think it's, it's partly fear, partly confidence or lack of confidence. Mm-hmm. I.e., I don't have a professional qualification. I think yeah. that, that holds a lot of people back. Uh, but I think also people just don't, they can't, I don't even recognize how able and competent they really are mm. because they, they've never pushed those boundaries so whether they're staying in their comfort zone and they're yeah. fearful or whatever but they don't know what the, the remarkable success that they can achieve because there's there's so much greatness in every single person absolutely but i think a lot of people don't go that deep yes. because they don't push themselves enough for different reasons whether it's fear or yeah. something that's going in their lives okay right now and they never really explore. Whereas I guess people like you and I, uh, again, linking it back to the, the, uh, our uh, childhood of the experiences we've had, uh, because I'm sure uh, when you were growing up, uh, your parents told you something like, for example, we came here with nothing. You hear stories of I, I, when I arrived at the airport, I didn't even have my wallet on me, never mind having 10 pence or a pound or whatever. So I came Absolutely. with nothing. All the time, yeah. And then obviously we have an inherent belief uh, in a supreme being. Yes. Okay. So our, obviously our, our belief is you die and you don't take anything with you in terms of material assets. The only thing yes. you take with you is the good that you've done. Yeah. And also, of course, the bad that you've done because you get judged for that. Uh, so, so therefore, you and I, I guess, then our childhood helps us by the way, linking it back, back to our kids, is that we don't have that fear because we know what having nothing is like. And even though we don't want to go back yeah. there, we're thinking, well, you know, to get even further, we've just got to basically do whatever it takes. Yeah, and, and you know, that, that you can't give somebody. Yes, and that does link back to fear as well. So, you know, when I talk about, you know, I'm fearful. I'm fearful of not having anything. And that's what keeps driving me. You see, so that, I, I don't think that ever goes away. You know, when you, when uh, I spent a lot of time, and I still do as much as I can, learning about other successful people. And now there's so many amazing podcasts and stuff and interviews you can watch and learn people and, and you know, read their books and the journeys. And you see so many people that have achieved so much, they're still driven about this fear of having nothing. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it's a deeply, uh, deeply ingrained. So you've got. So we've just got onto page two of your seventeen pages. Page I, two. I told you you're going to be here for a long time. Uh, and as is, I said to you that the start, and you were joking, is normal and customary. At the end, yes, I'll give you a nice curry, okay, and uh, another glass of water or a bottle of water, and off you go, my friend. It's been all worthwhile. Aren't you glad you came? That's what everybody says, by the way. So I'll, I'll take the credit for that. Now you've got thirteen active companies. Have okay? I? Uh, I forgot you're an that, accountant. That I've seen. <laughs> 13. Okay. You know what? That means you actually haven't found all of them. Okay. Well, that's what I saw on uh, uh, company's house. Okay. Where are the rest, by the way? Cayman? Island Man? I don't know. I'm not going to okay. say anything. So we found something new now. We'll talk about that later, perhaps. Uh, depending on how cooperative you are. So if you start being cooperative from now on, then I might not ask about the company in Isle of Man. But you've got 13 <laughs> companies. Are they all active in property? All my businesses are property related. And you've got this facilities management company, is that linked with? Yeah, they're all property management, so, so that's maintenance. Okay, for your own? Uh, Pretty much. Okay, and was that because you, you, you're you spending a lot of money with other companies at the moment, while we're leaking all this cash 
why don't we do it in house? A little bit, a little bit. It's a case of, but it's more about control. I'm, I'm a bit of a control freak, and this is my way of having more control over what goes on. We, we choose who works in the company, who does the maintenance, rather than giving that to a third party. We, have, we would just rely, hopefully they'll do a good job. I'm not sure some would, but I think that's just made the control. For so has that saved you costs and improved efficiency yeah. and, and obviously quality control? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, as an accountant, we know we've got property in our own name, we go and unblock the toilet, you know, you ain't gonna offset that as a cost. Yeah. And uh, you know, if you're, your maintenance company goes and uh, deals with it, that's a, a cost uh, that you can offset. Yeah. Cool. And then you resigned from four companies back in April, on the 9th of April, 2019. So either that was a dark day for you or you woke yeah. up and thought, hold on a minute, I've got too many companies here. What yeah. are these four? Yes. What happened there? Um, a bit of restructuring. Yeah. So why did you resign? Is, is it... I'm still involved with them. Yeah. Yeah. But you're not... It's not it's, I'm not involved with them. You're not a I'm director. I'm just not a director on them anymore. Okay. And... Was that to focus on other stuff, was it? I think, uh, I'm just trying to think when um, that was. Yeah, so yeah, I'm still involved those. There's, there's only, uh, you know, unfortunately there's only 24 hours in the day. And uh, if I had another 24, I'd probably be able to use all them as well within the day. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a case of trying to focus on which things that you can take priority on which ones you need to really give the responsibility to other people to and say, well, you do that, I'm here to support you, but you deal with it. Fair enough. And sometimes it's important to let go of stuff. Yeah. Uh, whether you, you do that through choice or whether you've got other partners or so yeah. to say, well, hold on a minute, maybe uh, now's the, the right time for you to move on, possibly. Whatever it is, we don't mm. know that. I'm just interested to see what happened there. You might have a story on the 9th of April. Yeah, yeah. Or, <laughs> I, I had a dream, and this is what happened. Well, uh, the, I think the, the only interesting story was uh, uh, last year then when um, lockdown started happening. And I think pretty much everybody uh, wasn't alone there. had a bit of a, oh, shit moment. What's going to happen now? Do you know what I mean? That was, I think, a, a bit of an uh, emergency panic for everybody. How's that going to affect our business, our staff, our tenants? What if all our tenants stop paying next month? What's going to happen? How long can we survive? Five minutes. Do you know what I mean? So, Do you find that exciting or does that scare the shit out of you? Because um, I find it exciting, by the way, to I make it easy for you. It's not, it's, not, it's not exciting to be in, in that moment in time when you're thinking, you know, when, when the government tells you certain businesses can't operate, they have to close down completely. When your tenants can't go out to work and their potential will have no income, they're not going to pay you. If it's a couple of tenants, you could probably manage. If it's a few, if you start thinking, well, if most of my tenants can't pay, how long am I going to be able to survive? You can't survive. And so you start thinking, well, so what does that mean? How is that going to affect this and how is that going to affect that? What about all the staff we employ? So we have about 24 staff across the businesses. How, well, what's going to happen with all that? So, you know, so there's certainly no fun and enjoyment in that. However, what I love doing is finding solutions. Is, yeah. And that's, I think, just yeah. maybe another entrepreneurial trait. What you're doing is, uh, you know, you, you're looking for solutions to problems. Okay, how can we? And, yeah. you know, that's where I kind of started earlier on. As a young kid, you just start thinking, early, how can I? Yeah, I think using the pandemic is uh, possibly a, a bad example uh, in terms of asking the question simply because, uh, obviously, that, that was a particular situation. Second, yeah. obviously, so many people dying, falling mm. ill. It's it's difficult, and 
It's massive uncertainty. No, 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 nobody experienced it. Nobody wants to see that again. Yeah. Move away from that. When we have 2007, 08, for example, and I was around and I, I had a few businesses, or you have other scenarios where times are tough, economy is a bit shaky, mm -hmm. people are unsure, uncertain. I quite like it because I think, what am I now going to do differently? Because the words you used was, I now started thinking or yes. something to that effect. Uh, and it's, 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 when we then start thinking on a higher yeah. but deeper level, yeah. okay, what are the, the possibilities? How can I restructure, change things here to make sure all of my team are protected? They get paid every month because they've got families, kids, other uh, mm -hmm. uh, commitments. So you want to keep them safe. You've got tenants if you're in property or customers, clients, whatever, we could look after all of them. And then obviously got to look after myself as well. So we have that responsibility. I think people who don't have a business perhaps don't yes. always see it like that. They think there's a boss here, yeah. there's employees here, the boss tells the employees what to do, and he or she is the bad guy, and the workers are the good people, for example, and that's just the way it works. And as you know, nothing could be further from the truth yeah. in small in the small business sector. Because we're one, we're always thinking about them thinking, yes. how do we make and sure? In many businesses, the, the boss is the last one to eat. Of course, people don't understand that or see that. Yeah. And they're the ones carrying all the risk. Yeah. And so when they're carrying all the risk and struggling, there's no appreciation for that often in small businesses. And when they're doing very well, um, there's uh, no real um, uh, empathy for them either. Yeah. Doomed either way, yes. aren't you? So, what's your net worth, Saj? Probably got about 25 quid in my pocket. Maybe, I think that covers for fuel to get home, I think. Will it? You're going to buy the food for us, aren't you, for that? Oh, yeah. So, you might know. Seriously, what do you think your net worth might be? It's no important. Idea. For us to no know idea, that I couldn't care less. <laughs> but surely there must be, because uh, you were talking earlier about more, more, more. Yeah. Whether that's more property, yeah. more money, whatever, but there's more Achieving of something. Achieving more, doing more, serving more, being more, yeah. giving more. Yeah. But it's yeah. not all more money. Yeah. But, but money is an enabler for these things. Yeah. So if I want to give more, if I want to, you know, if I want to spend all my time helping other people, I have to have something yeah. that supports me to be able to do that. Yeah. Of course. So money is the enabler that does these other things. So when I talk about more, more is in case I don't want more money, more greed, it's more money. No, no, no. It's what does that money enable you to do? Yeah, of course. And we're going to talk about that uh, in a short while as well. But profits are a consequence, aren't they? Of doing the right thing at the right time in the right way for the right yeah. people, okay? Uh, coming from a, a good place. I, I don't think profits are a dirty word. Yeah. I don't think money is a dirty word. I don't think it's, it's, it, it, they're both bad words either. But when you, and, and don't tell me you don't, by the way, because I'm going to struggle to believe you, by the way, okay? Because I know you well enough, because you have a very similar background. But when all is done and dusted, yeah. and Saj goes to sleep, not every single day, yeah. but sometimes, then you do think about, okay, I'm going to do all this hard graft, employing 24 people, got a few hundred properties, let's call it 300 properties. Okay, with, That's your word, with the average 75 pound rent per person. So we're getting a good picture here, by the way. Uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, what have I got to show for it? But not in terms of a good feeling, that's important, by the way. And like I said to you, you and I have an inherent belief to do good. Yeah. No doubt about that. And to employ more people and contribute to the local economy and pay the taxes, yes. all that's very good, it's important. 
But we are human beings at the end of the day. So, okay, okay, what have I created for myself and my children and a legacy for them? Because you said earlier, obviously, you want to make things easier for your children. Part of that, to, to, to some extent, is going to be, okay, I want to leave them in a better place than I found them when they were born. And hopefully, possibly, and most definitely, uh, give them a, a, a better start than we had. Not through fault of our parents or anybody else, it was just the situation and the circumstance. And you, I mean, you and I can't do what our parents did because they've moved 4,000 miles away to the rest. We've had it quite easy, do you know what I mean? But so, so at some point, I know Saju Sain sits there and looks at his net, net worth, however he does it. You know, I'm an accountant, I'll probably do it different to you. So there will be some kind of figure there. What do you think that figure might be? I have I think um, you touched on quite a few few things there. So you are an honest guy, aren't you, Sad? Say again. You are an honest guy, aren't you? You was honest. I'm very. I'm, honest, I'm, you know, I'm very. Uh, I like to think I'm very honest. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Doesn't mean I'm gonna share everything, but I'm very honest. Um, when you know when I started in property, it was a case. Okay, how can I build something beyond me, family, make them comfortable. And you know, when I fell over first time, and I talk about I talk about falling over, essentially when I failed and I fall flat my face, I talk about in the concept of falling over. Because the reason I call it falling over—that's the IT business, yeah. Yeah. The yeah. reason I call it falling over because you get up and you move forward. So then uh, I had to take my daughter out of private school then, and that was really really tough. That was one of the toughest things I did. And people think, well, you know, first world problems and stuff. Because yeah. what I was doing, I was taking all my daughter's friends away from her. Do you see? Difficult. And when I think about it like that, when she said, Daddy, why can't I see my friends? You know, those are the kind of things that cut you up and those are the kind of things that drive you. So when when I talk about I want to create something beyond me, what I want to do is make the, the what I'd like to do is for kids to be educated, to be uh, to understand, you know, why they're here, their purpose in life. Those are things that I uh, I think are important. It's not about me giving a lot of money. I say to them openly, you know, me and your mom are gonna sell everything and travel around the world. So don't expect anything from us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. No, no, that's fine. But you do want to obviously give you. So as long as, so as long as I've got a little bit of money to travel around the world, once we sell everything, uh, it'll be all right. Well, you haven't, you haven't, it'll and that's right. my concern for you because I've got a revelation here for you. Yeah. So obviously, based on the information share shared or with Companies House, uh, you've got assets on your trading companies worth two point eight six four million. You got liabilities at 5.418 million, uh, cash at 420,000. So you got more than 25 pounds, by the way. You're, you're hiding it somewhere okay. safe in a bank, out of how many bank accounts, by the way. But your net worth here is minus 337,000 pounds. Okay. So you've either structured stuff really well, where I've not been able to kind of put everything together, or possibly if you're doing, are you doing any property developments? Yes. Okay, so maybe those figures aren't realized, okay? And obviously, once they get realized and get reported, this number will change. But at the moment, you're more than broke, you're 237,000 pounds under. So now we're gonna use that figure to get to where you are right now, because I know that is a snatch, snapshot of the past, maybe the, the last year and before, but there, there's more going on here. So what property development deals are you working on right now? So uh, let me, uh, I guess, ask you a question first. As an accountant, do you think that is a, a true reflection of somebody's situation where you can see a company's house? It, see, the, the balance sheet gives you a snapshot, doesn't it? Yeah. It says, 
here is the person's asset assets here are their liabilities so based on that this company is worth x uh, that is a snapshot of the past now obviously accounts get filed uh, up to nine months after the year end so when you're looking at it it's the past i think in normal uh, i think normal, in other businesses uh, it's probably a bit more accurate okay or not accurate but you can rely on it a bit more for property you can't and i'll tell you why you can't so i bought a piece of land in boston which we were talking about just before we started this interview for three hundred fifty thousand pounds uh and we then obtained they uh, have outline planning we then obtained full planning on it we're now building 40 houses so as someone looks at this uh, a snapshot of those those that particular uh project it might not always show the exact value because obviously we're going to show the value of the properties uh, as we're building them out. But you'll have a significant bank loan, okay, with a large payment up front. So if you look at the, the figures now, you'll see you've spent £650,000 buying all this material, paying for all this labour costs and services, okay, and you've got grand worth of land. So really, you're in a minus figure, which I am. But when you get to the end, you'll have properties worth about over 8.1 million, probably a bit higher by the time you finish, because as you know, property prices are, are going up. Okay, you, you spent six million pounds on building them, plus 315 odd thousand pounds to buy the land and, and STLT, whatever. So you've made profit possibly of 1.5 million. So you wouldn't see that until you get to the end. And that's what I'm trying to get to from here. Not to the end, but to the end of as in where we are right now. Yes. So, in terms of the, the property projects or the developments you're working on, what are you working on right now? So, I've got a couple of developments. So, I guess just to wrap up the other question is so, the company's house isn't really a true reflection of somebody's it's, situation. It, it's a, a reflection of the It's a reflection of the past and it's what people have reported. So, if unless we've got something better to go by, i.e., <laughs> how many properties do you own? What's your rent roll? Okay, how which, much which you don't potential have. property we're making? If you don't have, yes. if you don't give us anything else, then we have to go by this. So I'm helping you out here, by the way, because I really like you a lot, as you already know. But it could, be out, that but it could be out of context. Okay, uh, but I'm gonna help you prove that because <laughs> you're not being very helpful to me and our viewers. So, which pro property projects are you working on right now? Uh, so we've got a couple, we've got a few projects that we're working on. A bigger one, developments. As opposed developments. To we've got uh, four houses projects that we're just completing off, finishing off at the moment. So you're building four uh, houses, brand new, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, one's one's a conversion, three new ones on that side. Okay. And what's the GDV on those? They'll be just over two million. And what kind of profit margin are you looking at on those? About four to five hundred grand. That's not bad, is it? And uh, before we, we go on to any of this, it's difficult right now in terms of buying materials. Yeah, so definitely. At the minute, when we're trying to buy a shed load of brick size roof. <laughs> I love bricks we ordered for, 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 for the whole year. So uh, the company that we were buying the bricks from called us one day, about eight weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And if you don't place the order today for all 49 houses, you ain't gonna get your bricks for a whole year. Really? Up to you today, or and this is a guy who our team has have worked with over the last thirty-five odd years. So he wasn't pulling their leg. Yeah. They know him very well. His name is Richard. He said, "Richard, if you don't place the order today, you ain't gonna get the bricks." So we have to place the order the whole year. Roof tiles, okay. Uh, timber frame, can't get hold of it. Mm. Floor tiling, it's just it's just going crazy, isn't it? 
and the price went up and up and up and up and up. Cement just just gone through the roof. So is that going to dent this profit margin, or is that after taking in account, uh, into account all those costs? Um, I think these projects are complete now, so it's stuff that we're working on now. That's okay. So this, this is done. This is more or less finished now. Okay. So what else are you working on right now? So we've got a. Uh, We've got several houses that we're doing, and we've got a pub conversion, which is still part way through. It's part converted and part we're trying to get additional planning on. So are you converting that? Would up, that would end up with probably all going around about 20 odd units. 20 units, and what's the GDB on those? Uh, it will depend how it, how it pans out, but they, those units will be uh, probably 100 grand a unit. They'll be smaller units. So about 2 million pounds? and. What's it all costing you in terms of purchase price, all of the fees uh, for well, conversion? I bought that site for I think about three hundred something grand. Mm -hmm. And how, how much is it costing you to convert plus in bank uh, finance? It's not right? finished and, and stuff yet. Uh, I haven't got any bank finance on that. It's uh, just private investor money, which is kind of okay. mostly how I tend to work. And are you doing a 50-50 JV or no, also kind of a split, or are you paying them interest? No, I'm interest. On average, if, if when people are looking to get uh, those kind of uh, loans or deals from other investors, what kind of interest rate do you think they should be looking at? Uh, in terms of borrowing money or yeah, lending? Borrowing money. Yeah, when you're borrowing money, you want to pay the lowest possible rate, don't yeah, you? Yeah, but I mean, so, it, so I think when it comes to investor money, you have to, there, there's, there's a lot of different things to think about. And when someone just says to me, what is it you pay? I said to him, between six and sixty. Yeah, that's what I've heard you about. Yeah. If somebody's out there saying, "I want to borrow a hundred grand," I get this. I yeah. ask this question a lot from our viewers and followers. How much interest should I pay? Well, and, let me phrase it a different way. If you're going to borrow hundred grand from the bank, right? What interest rate would you pay? Well, if you go to Lloyd's, for example, you're looking at four, four and a half percent. Okay. So you get four and a half percent. So how would you expect it to be different, or what variation do you think would it be with an, uh, an private individual? Well, I think uh, because there's less checks and balances, they're taking more risk, possibly the issue of security. So you're looking at at least 8% if not higher. Okay. So then with the, um, the more risks, uh, the, the security, the less uh, checks and balances, the, the more variation there is, the higher the rate becomes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think, the key part. It's not just how much is it, how much money and what rate, there's all these other underlying things yeah. that will determine. Which what is obviously rate is. knocks up the rate, doesn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah, because yeah. obviously, if, if, if somebody's got a first charge, yeah. the rate might be 7%, for example. Exactly. 1% a month. Yeah, and you know, I've got stuff that where we've got 4%, 5% we're paying on first charge yeah. from private individuals. And you can do that quite easily because that's still a lot more than what they get at a bank. And the money is very, very safe. It's secure. In yeah, that structure. Right. If you, you give see, a budget, yeah. So it all depends how the deal is structured. I think that's absolutely key. Yeah. And the uh, reflective of the risk. Yeah. Yeah. So I so to kind of just to add my two pence worth is when people ask me that question, is, I say, don't worry about what the interest rate is. Look at the deal. Yeah. How much are you making from that? How much are you willing to and able, willing and able to pay to make the deal happen? Yes. Because if, it, yeah. if you've got to pay, if you've got to pay 1% a month, okay, which is 12% a year, most people gasp, ah, I've got to pay 12%. This happens all the time, by the way. You've got to pay 12%, but you're going to walk away with, let's talk, talk hard numbers here, by the way, 
So let's, let's assume they bought £200,000 and 12% of the and it's for a year. You're paying £24,000, but you're working maybe the 100000 Okay, after paying the cost. Uh, what's your problem? Yeah. Why, why are you worried about what I'm you mean? I, I agree. Get the money, do the deal. With bridges, they look at it the same way. So bridging, I guess, is a form of private money. They're just more sophisticating yeah. their approach. Yeah. And if a bridger typically is charging, you say, a percent a month, a 12%, as you said, yeah. and sometimes people go, that's very expensive. Plus all the fees and charge and everything else you're going to pay on top of that. Realistically, it could be 14, 15, 16%. It translates into as a true cost. But actually, as you've just said, if you're making 100 grand out of it and you're not putting much of your money in very little money or very little risk, then that's still a decent transaction. I see a lot of people can't get over that barrier because they're thinking it's loads, logical because Lloyd charge one hundred percent, four percent. I think you're not working with Lloyd's because yeah. Lloyd's probably aren't interested in giving their money because yeah. when they give you their ticket of all the stuff that they want, yeah, okay, of all the information, you probably haven't got half of it anyway, yes. and you're gonna fall to through the cracks, and then, then as you know, inevitably, one of my uh, frustrations is uh, obtaining finance. I'm doing it all the time because we're doing working on so many different deals. Uh, it's a night massage. It takes, uh, they say eight weeks. It takes a year. Yeah, yeah. It takes a bloody year. I'm working on one right now. We've been at it since March. It's and they said end of August. We promise you'll be done. Yes. August gone. September gone. I think October's gonna go. As well. And during that time, the criteria can change as well. Of course it is. And then you get to yeah. the end, and it isn't yeah. what it was initially. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. it can do. So these twenty units, which is the pub, mm -hmm. uh, your so you you think the end value would would be around two million. Uh, and that, so the, that would be the main building itself. Then we've still got the land at the back. Yeah, which to is So what kind of profit margin are we looking on that? I think I would always look at 25% plus as a margin, really. And are you going to keep those or are, are you going to sell we'll them? probably keep those. So refinance, pull your money out, pay off the investors. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a good rental. We were talking just before we started, you know, it's almost like property for free. It is. Why wouldn't you? It is exactly, yeah. yeah. And have you invested any of your funds in that particular deal? Uh, no. Okay, so that's not what, what I have is back out. Okay. So you got I just swap it with investor money. So, so the house is done, pub's done. Yeah. Any of the developments you're working on? Not develop not in developments right now that we've started. So we've got several house projects, HMOs and okay. regular kind of uh, stuff going on and flips and things. Um, we over the last year we've probably done less than what we would do ordinarily uh, and i think that's primarily because just the deals just don't stack but i think that will change in the coming months okay cool so now we're, i'm gonna ask you a few questions just around your thoughts and then we're gonna finish off by asking you a few quick fire personal questions where you just give a yes no one two three answer to keep it simple uh, what does the world of Saad Hussein look like in five years' time? Where will you be? What are you going to be doing? Uh, I think I'm already doing what I'd like to do. I enjoy doing what I'm doing. Um, the word more comes to mind, but it's more of the same type of thing. So from a property point of view, you want to do more uh, projects, uh, more, more developments. Um, you know, our lettings uh, businesses uh, are growing. We're starting uh, another one. We're starting a, a state agency as well. Uh, the sourcing business will probably relaunch, I think, probably early next year. Um, and uh, the training and mentoring side of the business uh, as well. Um, so it's not, it's not that different because I guess of the last, you know, 15 years, I've always kind of evolved slightly. So I've done a lot of different things. 
And some of those things are very different from what I was doing years ago, but it's all been slow movements rather than kind of jumping around all over the place. And so I think it will just be a continuation of that. And what do you think the world might look like in five years' time? <laughs> uh, if only I knew. I think the last year and a half has uh, taught us that uh, we can never predict what's going to happen. And uh, we do live in a, a, an uncertain world. Um, I think uh, things that will impact us from our business and a property point of view, the fact that you know more people probably are working from home, um, in terms of uh, transportation, amount of space people want, outdoor spaces. Um, I think these are the kind of things that directly impact us. I think uh, the government is going to probably continue to, to beat us up as uh, landlords and developers. Uh, I don't think they're going to be um, holding back there. Did I hear you say a conservative government, by the way? I think that, that, that's, any what I that's what I any heard. That, that's what I heard. By the way, you'd make a really good politician. Would I? It'd be a fantastic. You're brilliant. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm poor. I'm really uh, bad. The question. They sent me in there, and I just go and answer all the questions. And you're a moron. You answer all the questions. I, I answer all the questions. Okay. You're fantastic. You, you dance around perfect. Have you got any training in the world of politics by any chance? You, I haven't actually. If I sign you up, this is well done, chance. You got a star for us here. You're really good. Really good. I think. Uh, you know, some things that uh, need to be personal, because I'm very, very public in terms of uh, finding very easily online, on social media and stuff like that. Yeah, everywhere. My, my family is fairly private. They, you know, probably my youngest daughter, Katie, some, uh, you know, might be in my photo. Uh, if I try and take a, a picture of the family, they all run off and disappear. Nobody wants to uh, be me because they're generally all quite private. And so, you know, you, it's about striking a balance of um, what you share, why you're sharing it, what's the relevance of it. Uh, uh, as well. I think it depends on where you come from. Mm. So a name you mentioned earlier is I've got X amount okay, of uh, cash or assets under management is a very different thing in terms of positioning to when somebody asks you a question, say, just share what's mm. going on for you. It's a bit like saying, what car do you drive? Yeah. For example, okay, I used to drive a Rolls Royce and say, oh, well, I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you. Yeah. Uh, whereas I'd say, well, I drive, I, I drive a Rolls Royce. I know that might scare certain people off or they might have a certain view about me. But I think, hold a minute, Labour politician, well, driving a Rolls Royce, what's going on here? But if they listen to the story and what happened and how that happened, by the way, that makes perfect sense. So it's, a, it's, it's an opportunity mm. to share information from a good place, and you're obviously, I know you well enough now to know you're a good guy. Whether you've got five properties, by the way, or 555 properties, it matters not. It matters not. It's just to show people what's achievable. Because sometimes you, I mean, you know this as well as I do, if not better. We're talking to people in, in an audience in a room, and there's that one thing that you say, which in your mind may not be significant. Mm -hmm. But in five years' time, Mandy comes up to you, oh man, you remember Saja, I met you in Peterborough, Birmingham, you said that one thing, okay, which you, you probably say often enough, but to that one person, that one thing, which is really small and insignificant in your mind, changed their life. Yes, and I, I, I've know. had that experience on the other side yeah. myself many times. I've heard somebody speak and something they've said has really resonated with me and, you know, might be a year later, you meet them and said, you know, you said something actually quite, yeah. had quite a profound exactly. uh, effect. Um, so, you know, uh, 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 I get that. And, uh, you know, we, 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 we talk about uh, what other people uh, achieve. And I think, you know, if we look around us in the world, people are trying to get to Mars right now. So we have to think big and really, very rarely, we, especially in property, are we trying to do something that no one has ever done before. So if other people have done it and they achieved it, it's doable. It's just how can we do it?
That's the question. It's not, can it be done? It's how can we do it? Yeah, of course. Well, we managed to get some numbers actually, didn't we? We did. Your current my developments, age. okay? Your current developments. <laughs> I figured that out as well, by the way, but I'm not going to share that because that's on company's house. Uh, your wisdom, by the way. I'll be looking but, for a birthday card this year, I think. Of course you will, of course you will. And more. I'll, I'll send you a cake. Uh, if you could have, have coffee or tea, if you drink your coffee, you don't find, but if you could have a, a drink of any sort with any historical figure, wow. who would that be and why? Um, I think uh, for me, you know, I lost my dad about 15 years ago. A few more minutes it would be nice. Yeah. It's difficult, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But my, my father passed away when I was 15. Uh, and I had a profound impact on me, do you know? Uh, and yeah, so I share that. It, it, it is difficult. And I think that's Probably one of the driving forces, really, that you and I have had, by the way, Saj, do you know? Uh, I mean, this is the nicest way possible, obviously. You never want anybody's parents or parent to pass away. But I think not having that support there, you know, I think has been a driving force for us in a, 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 I see, weird, in a different way, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so... Uh, I, I, I share your pain, my brother. Yeah, we're not yeah. alone in that. You know, lots of people uh, experience that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's difficult. It, it is difficult. And if you could live anywhere in the world, apart from Kashmir, of course, where would you live? It yeah, definitely have to be Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> no. We've got everything in Birmingham. Why would we want to live anywhere else? Yeah. If it had to be anything, if it wasn't, if it were to be Birmingham, I should choose anywhere else. Where do you yeah, it'd have to be the closest place to be able to get to Birmingham. Yeah. <laughs> you like Birmingham that much, do you? I do. It's an amazing place. I tell everyone. I, I, I like Birmingham. I, mean, I, I prefer Edinburgh. I prefer Edinburgh. But oh, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I like, but I like Birmingham. So, quick fire round here, just for you to for very, very quickly answer questions the best that you can. If you could choice. be remembered, no, no, just very quickly. Though, <laughs> if you could be remembered for one thing. What would that one thing be? Uh, making an impact to others, positive difference. Okay. And what's the best compliment you've ever received? I'm still waiting for that one. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair. What's an insult that you've received but you're quite proud of it? Um, I'm an only son, so uh, uh, an uncle telling my parents your son will never amount to anything. Yeah, but you pulled it on, didn't you? What's a, a, a funny story that your family that tells about you that you'd be open to sharing with us today? Um, I think uh, when we're up for doing something daft, I'll definitely be the first one to go. <laughs> so it's really case of, yeah, dad will be up for that. Yeah. What's been your least favorite job that you've had so far? in life? Um, when I was at university, I did uh, 12 months work experience and that was at uh, West Midlands Police in the uh, newly formed IT department and also the audit department in accounts. And, you know, there were nice people I was around, but it was just so monotonous, the work. And this was my really first experience of working in an office. 
and I think that uh, that was something I just really, really did not enjoy. It was for you, but it really shaped me as well and taught me that you know I, I don't want this for the rest of my life. What's something that people seem to misunderstand about you, in your opinion of you or experience? Um, these deep questions, you know. The quick fire, you have to get it's back to quick fire. You're a dentist after all. This is, this is no problem. Oh, we still on the dentist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to. Someone told me how to dentist. It just goes to show your research may not be very accurate, but uh, never mind. <laughs> someone else, this is in the past. Yeah. We were talking about you. And someone said, oh, you know, as you know, but yeah, yeah. friends in Birmingham said, oh, Sad. Yeah, we know Sad. He's a dentist. And that just stuck in my head, Sad is a dentist. And I've never asked you, have I? Uh, no, no, you haven't. Yeah, yeah. I haven't. So I just assumed from that point on, because they're probably talking about some other Sad. Who's also into property, by the way. Yes. Birmingham is a big place. I'm sure there's more than, more than one sad who's saying who's a dentist yeah, yeah, and is in property, by the way. But yeah. Um, just thinking, misunderstood. I don't know. I, I think. I think with me, you know, you, you get what you see, really. Yeah. What makes you feel inspired? Um, seeing what other human beings have achieved, which what? other people think is impossible. What do you like most about yourself? Um, the, the, the belief, uh, self-belief. And if you could go back and speak to the 18-year-old Saj all those decades ago, what one piece of advice would you give him? Um, pick one thing and stay focused. And Put what? the blinkers on and don't get distracted by anything else. And then just go for it. Yeah. But sadly, it's been an absolute pleasure. I hope you know, I, I have taken it easy on you because you're a friend. But the next time oh, you come here, the next time you come here, when the studio's all even more done up, okay, we're gonna have the second round of questions. Yes. But really, honestly. I never did ring you and ask you, I said, what we're we talking about? I just turned up, I should have realized. But you knew I, mean, I'm, I wasn't taking it easy on you because it's, it's the first interview. Yeah. Thank you very much. No, but it's, it's been good. Thank you both. No, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Wealth Made Simple. You can follow and contact Shaz on the Facebook pages Entrust Property Tax and The Profits Wizard. You can also find Shaz on LinkedIn, YouTube and Instagram. Alternatively, email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk. Build your wealth by mastering money.